Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, this is the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Everybody, uh, this is Jake Kroger of the Comedy Bureau. Of course, the Comedy Bureau Field Report is part of the Believe podcast family. Uh, this is the point of the podcast where I point out that the name of this show is the Comedy Bureau Food Report, not Believe in the Comedy Bureau Food Report, even though that's what it says on every podcast platform. It's just the name of the network. I didn't make it up. Uh, anyhow, uh, I, as I am every week, I'm excited to have uh, another great guest. One of my, I seriously, all-time favorite uh, in comedy period. I'm not even going to distinguish between live and not live or stand-up or stand-up, uh-huh. anything like that. Uh, he's truly a great and I, I and I try to say that in a non-hyperbolic way. One of the greats. Um, oh, thank you, Jake. How are you, buddy? Uh, I am hanging in there with like ten different question marks. Uh, it's Eddie. <laughs> buddy. Um, oh, I know, I know, I know. Uh, how are you? Well, I uh, I'm okay. I I recommend walks mm-hmm. outside. You know, and. Um, what else? What else do you find helps uh, in this time? Are you meeting any people like in social distancing? Like, are you yeah. doing that? Are you meeting people? Yeah, I've done a bit of that. But um, I mean, that's also weird because it's like, <laughs> is it? It's weird because, you know, you haven't seen these people in, in a, right. a, a long time. And right. then you know that your time is like limited. And one of these times I, I was doing a social distance walk and we got that first curfew. Mm-hmm. And oh, I was God, like, yeah. and I was like, oh fuck, I have to like walk back to my car that's like a mile away and, <laughs> and get home in 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> So yeah. much for this gorgeous yeah. sunset. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah and like people we're we're all in this weird mala- existential malaise as this mm-hmm. like, pandemic goes on that I often like to describe as a very very boring alien invasion um there's yeah. no cool flying saucers people are just dying because their lungs are constricting and uh, mm. until the protests and the fireworks right it's very eerily quiet right well the protests woke people up that's for sure yeah, yeah. um and hopefully that that will continue. But it's such a conundrum because you don't want to. I mean, I'm 61, so I don't want to, you know, go to protests, you right. know, because of the COVID thing. And I would imagine so many people are thinking about it. it's so wild, you know. Yeah, and that's a legitimate. I I've been to several yeah. marches. Um, yeah, and I know full well like that's like a risk that I run, and thankfully. With the marches, what's nice is if, when the marching part happens, people seem to be pretty good about the distancing part. And you get to walk, so you can constantly right. move and reposition. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and unlike that stupid Tulsa rally, everybody was wearing masks. Oh, that's good. Everyone has been wearing masks at all the rallies that I went to. And, you know, yeah. there's been snacks. There's been water. People had hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. And all of it was for free. Right. Oh, uh, that's great. Yeah, I know. That's been the spirit of it. It's been really nice. Yeah. One of the ones I did have a problem with, I went to the, the big Hollywood Boulevard one that was like two oh, years ago. Yeah. What was that like? 
It was great. It was like, you know, I mean, L.A. Pride had to sort of in an official stance kind of step away because they made an agreement with LAPD to have a presence that was very incredibly tone deaf. Um, But it it had a party vibe to it. There was a big party atmosphere. I bet. Yeah. And but this is the problem, the issue of it. Like, I think it's important that we're marching in solidarity and sending mm-hmm. a message, rattling cages through holding space and having presence and all these sorts of things. But once the march is over, the pandemic is still around. So don't go crowd in a restaurant. Yeah. Don't go yeah. to a fucking dance party. Right. And that's yeah, what people well, are doing. They're like, ah, we're outside. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I partly get it because mm-hmm. it's, it you know, it's fatiguing to not, you know, just go out and change things up, you know, very, very difficult, man. Yeah. Uh, we went from, you know, getting our own way to completely not having our own way and people still want their own way, you know. Right. They yeah. want to, you know, I've heard this bullshit about uh, wearing masks is a sign of fear. <laughs> well, what bullshit, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, are, are you going to be smart or what? You know, I mean. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's uh, I don't know. It's kind of nice to be living in a science fiction novel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are. Uh, we are. Oh, it may get worse before it gets better, buddy. Oh yeah, and in 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 very inconceivable ways, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just it. It's so bizarre. I mean, we've. I, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I think since 2015, uh-huh. every year people are like, man, fuck 2016. Like, how could it get yeah. worse? And then <laughs> oh. it just did. Oh, it yeah. Did. This has been, this has been just, you know, it's like the, the complete, uh, you know, that famous line, I think, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. Well, this happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, we weren't, you know, the United States wasn't equipped to deal with it. Here I go on my, my little political rants, you know. But the U.S. U.S. of A. was, uh, you know, too busy funding uh, the military to bother with uh, planning for a pandemic. And so the richest nation mm-hmm. uh, in the world is like a third world nation. Now, did you hear today that Europe may ban American travelers? Or, or they might. And yeah. so we're going to really be a, a third world country. No, we can't fly into, into Europe. Yeah. I mean, there are restrictions to travel in Canada have been extended. And I mean, because wow. Me- Mexico is handling way worse than we are. Um, there's travel restrictions in that regard. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, do you remember the end of one of that Bill, one of those Bill Hicks specials where like it's, he's talking about life being a roller coaster mm-hmm. and he mentions like if mm-hmm. the world just spent what it spends on defense mm-hmm. on everything else. I mean, this is the mm-hmm. core principle of defunding the police and abolishing the police and prisons is that yeah. everyone would be taken care of. There, no one would have to want for uh, food or shelter and everything would be fine. Right. Did it's Hicks that say simple. That? Yeah, he said that. I love him. I love I love him. Yeah. And uh yeah, it is that simple yet 
now people are their own jailers because they think they say things like the average person will just say, Oh, but how are we going to afford that? And meanwhile, you know, there's a trillion, I don't know what, what it is a billion a day spent on overseas murder essentially, you know? And uh, it's like, wow. Yeah. That's how we can afford that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, it's rough, man. It's rough. That's why I, my favorite part of the day is uh, going to the park mm-hmm. uh, and uh, cuddling with my two doggies, my wife. We read, we read a book out there. We uh, have the dogs. And wow. the dogs uh, don't know any better. That, you know, I try to get my dogs to read Noam Chomsky, but they will not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Is it, is it, is it yeah. not chewy enough for them? I don't know what it is. I they just keep reading uh, uh, "Racing in the Rain." Mm-hmm. They love that book. My dogs love that book. That's if you ever, if you, that's a great book, by the way, about a guy who owns. You know, it's a guy and his dog, and the dog is the narrator mm-hmm. of it. Right. And uh, it is an amazing book. Like I wept at the end of it, and then after that book, mm-hmm. all these dogs things you know dog movies dog books but i think that's the best one the movie sucked they fucked up right. the movie that movie looked terrible mm-hmm. oh the art of racing in the rain that was the title yeah, yeah the yeah. art the art of racing in the rain if anybody wants a great book recommendation it is a great summer read you know yeah oh i mean uh the, that makes me think that the the concept of a summer read it's just going to be <laughs> i know you you're oh, staying no. in. You're just gonna have to read. Mm. Mm. Um, Did they close the beaches already? You no, know, I no. Well, that's uh, so the beaches were reopened. Uh, right. Yeah. I I'm look. I'm not gonna be surprised that anything is gonna reclose or like get scaled back mm-hmm. because people are just being stupid or like, oh, I didn't that's get right. it. I didn't get it for three months. So why do I have to wear a mask? Right. I promise right. it'll come back to comedy, everybody. We're just checking in. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Let me tell you something, folks. If you're just, if you're coming now, this is how it's going to go today with Jake. Yeah, it me. is. Okay? <laughs> you guys, all you guys want is, all you, all you idiots, let me put it that way. All you idiots want is distraction. Yep. You need to know reality. Reality. <laughs> Before Eddie takes over the rest of the episode, and he does, and I enjoy every minute of it, I just wanted to get to some news. Um, Also, you notice that this sounds much clearer because this is not on Zoom. It is on my iPhone, but I have it placed correctly because I know how audio works. Anyhow, uh, some just quick news stories. Um, Boots Riley, the uh, brilliant mind behind the amazing satire Sorry to Bother You, announced a new show that he has coming out called I'm a Virgo, about a 13-foot tall black man who lives in Oakland. Um, He said it would be dark, absurd, and hilarious, and that's all that he shared on Twitter uh, earlier this week. But uh, 
just off of that alone, it looks like it'll be fantastic. Uh, I'm a Virgo. Um, and there is no network yet, but uh, I have no doubt that it'll be something that will come out on some streaming network or some actual network. Uh, so keep an eye on I'm a Virgo. Uh, the other story I want to mention is Astronomy Club. Uh, was a very funny sketch series on Netflix. They're also a sketch group that has been around for a long time and uh, celebrated in comedy. And uh, in fact, their sketch series, the season one of it on Netflix, it made our 100 best things in comedy in no particular order of 2019. That's our year-end list where we just list all of our favorite things in comedy. And uh, it was clever and silly and poignant all at the same time. Um, And it really deserves a second season. And as you're probably signing a bunch of petitions right now, um, add this petition to one of the things uh, that you plan to sign today, tomorrow, or whenever you're listening to this. And uh, I'll include that petition in the show notes. Uh, Definitely Astronomy Club deserves second season one last thing i have said it before online but i want to reaffirm again do not dismiss women who come forward with claims of sexual misconduct sexual harassment sexual assault uh, against your favorite comedians um even after an official statement is released um there are plenty of other comedians that don't engage in sexual assault or sexual misconduct, or sexual harassment, anything like that. And uh, certainly there are plenty of better ones that don't do any of those things that are funnier than Julia or uh, Joey Diaz or Jeff Ross or anything like that. So um, I'm just going to leave it at that. Actually, I've been so encouraged by the, pro- the protests of being young and smart. Yeah. And uh, it seems like they, uh, they see through the uh, scam yeah. that is our uh, quote-unquote system. You know, the scam is too much. When, when uh, you know, the concentration of wealth is that bad mm-hmm. and that more than half the country is food insecure and all that, then it's mm-hmm. time for big, big change, you know? Yeah. Oh, on a federal level, it's worse. It's something like 65% of our fucking national budget goes to defense. And it's all because... Is that right? I, yeah. I, I, I haven't checked in a, mm-hmm. a long time, but it's definitely over half. Uh, I think it's uh, over 60%. Well, the, well, the thing is... like Right. You know, I, I know it's over half. Yeah. Well, the thing is, they pay for more stuff. So the LAPD, they pay for like helicopters and all these militarized police. Our federal government for our defense budget, you got to pay for DARPA. You got to pay for all these fancy stealth planes to uh, oh, get yeah. this arms race, which is just, right. oh, we have better toys than everybody else, but we, we're not going to use them because that actually would be really bad for the economy if we actually used them. So we're, what mm-hmm. we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to sail our, our ship by the South China Sea, and we're just going to see more. Ah, yes. 
and yes, they'll, yes. they'll sell their bigger boat and then we'll have a bigger boat and it's just a, a whole mm-hmm. waste of money mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well i wonder what they're going to do when those boats when the people finally take over and those boats uh you know, maybe we'll turn it, turn them into comedy clubs, <laughs> like, like just to have comedy on the deck of nuclear destroyers, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, oh, would you perform in front of a banner that said mission accomplished, Eddie? <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. I think that was, that's just a great visual. Just seeing you in front of <laughs> the <laughs> Oh, God. Mission accomplished. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Is that so, a deep cut for people now? I mean, like, Bush seems, the further we get into Trump, is Bush mm-hmm. seems like so far away, you know? Oh, God, yeah. Well, uh, things have deteriorated rapidly. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's exponential. Today I read uh, an article that said the Arctic, did you, I don't know if you saw this, the Arctic was 100 degrees today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think the average temp there is 68 at this time of year, a hundred. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just telling everybody, get your affairs in order. You know. <laughs> now let's get into comedy. Let's get into comedy. <laughs> sure. Cause that is, I mean, sometimes all you're left with is the laughing, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to, you have to, even though, you know, mixed in, with the laughter are incredible, incredible uh, tears of suffering. (laughs) Do you think that that notion was the seed of the idea for Jerry Lewis's The Day the Clown Cried? (laughs) Um, I would say, yes, I would say uh, you kind of nailed it, or I nailed it. Yes, I definitely, I mean, it just taken to a, a it executed in a terrible way. For those who aren't familiar, there's a film that has yet to be released in its entirety called The Day the Clown Cried, uh, created by filmmaker and actor, uh, comedian Jerry Lewis, which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the premise is that it's this clown that entertains Jewish children before they go into the gas chamber yeah. Holocaust. Yeah. Which yeah. Is like, and I, I never saw it, and mm-hmm. I know that Patton. Pat Oswalt has done readings of it at Largo. Right. Do you know that? Like with oh, yeah, nice, yeah. nice uh, celebrity cast of comics, but uh, I've never seen it. No. Do you, uh, the people have assembled various it. bits of footage that have been leaked or released. Uh, and I think you can watch like 20 minutes of it now. Mm-hmm. Who is our Jerry Lewis now? Because... If we could figure out who our Jerry Lewis is now, we could figure out that he's going to do a movie about COVID uh-huh. where he tries to make it funny, but it's going to be horrible. <laughs> oh, man. Um, who would that? I mean, I'm sure it's I don't know. In, in the works. <laughs> I mean, that's the interesting. I was talking to somebody about this the other day that like there's going to be a huge divide in like TV and film going forward and like, um, there will be stories that will be told that uh, of this time that don't address COVID at all. Like they're going to just pretend it doesn't exist because what we're going through is so traumatic. And then there are other things right. that are just going to like overdo it. And it's going to be like schmaltzy mm-hmm. or overwrought. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 
they're, they're going to be rom-coms where people are making out through their fucking face masks and shit like that. Right. Uh, Right. Yeah, that'll be that actually that actually would be a that is great parody material actually is like having the same kind of feeling uh-huh. in a Bridget in a Bridget Jones movie, <laughs> let's say. But yeah. everybody's in like everybody's on intubators and right. they have masks <laughs> on, yet they're still being very like romantic and emotional, you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, just remake all these like uh, the, these sort of uh, movies that are meant for airplanes, shall we say, and uh, <laughs> redo them with face masks and ventilators. And, By the uh, way, I always, I, I, you ever notice this? I, when I fly mm-hmm. uh, on planes and I watch uh, a movie, like a drama or something, I am much more apt to cry when I'm on a plane Right. watching a good drama and i always wondered what the hell that is and i i think it's because i feel kind of lonely when i'm first taking off for the road oh. like uh, you know right. and then i'm leaving home and and then i'm watching you know these you know these movies and they pull your heartstrings and you know and instead of being like oh come on with this sentimental stuff i'm just weeping right you know i'm weeping in uh, in my seat and the person next to me is very uncomfortable you know <laughs> and i'm like i'm sorry but uh gene hackman didn't get to ride the horse towards <laughs> at the end and i'm just weeping <laughs> right i think there have been studies done on this um maybe even npr and i think some of the conclusions they came to is that like you know i mean it's kind of like similar in how comedy like is set up you know you're on a plane right and you're in the seat and uh you're sat next to a bunch of people and so like you have to focus on that screen and Uh, like nothing else to do true that's very true you know there's no distractions whereas like if you were to watch that movie at home you know, mm. you, could, you could go online shop, you could, right. Right. You, you could do a phone call. Right. You're surrounded with all these strangers in like a well-lit room. And so you just <laughs> are focused on that because you don't want to yeah. watch all these fucking strangers or a baby yeah. crying or whatever. And you really get invested in the story. Oh, that's, that's a good, that's an interesting take on it that you're just really focused in on it, right? Yeah. Or else you just have to acknowledge that you're like basically in like a prison chair for five to <laughs> ten hours. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always ready to confess uh, when I sit on in an airplane chair yeah. for more than three. I'll tell you, man. I'll never forget. I, I mean, I've done some long flights. You know, Europe, like twelve hours, thirteen hours, but. Going to Melbourne, Australia, man. I, I, and they flew us business. You know, it was for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. They flew us business right. class. So it was really nice. And it was Virgin Australian. And it was really nice. But after, I don't know, 11 hours, you just want to hang yourself, you know, no matter how, lux- quote, unquote, luxurious it is, you know. It's just like, you got to be kidding. And, and I was in Australia for eight days. And I was jet lagged the entire time. Really? Yeah, the entire time I was completely out of sorts. Wow. So much so that one night I did a, a you know, I did a, I headlined uh, one night big crowd. I don't remember 
any of it. And I forgot to tape it, wow. you know? Um, and I usually tape all my stuff, but I forgot to tape that set. And to me, it, it's like a set that remains a great mystery. And I wish I had a tape of it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like... I improvised a lot. I, I mean, but you're so lot. great at that and you do it all the time. I honestly feel mm -hmm. like, I mean, anytime that I've seen you, even when, like, even when you repeat bits that I've heard, it's always like there's a different version to it. And it's almost like I'm watching right. a different bootleg every time. And it's great. <laughs> there's always like, yeah. you get on this tangent or that you slip up in mm -hmm. a word. So you step outside the bit and you're right. like, and you're right. analyzing, like, what if I just kept saying it like that? And then the right. sex were which like, is why, which is why I think standup is uh, is such a great live mm -hmm. medium. Right. Like to go to it live is when you capture it. And, and you know, I I was you know I, I I I grew up in New York, right? So I did a lot of theater stuff. You know, I grew, I, I did a lot of acting, studying a lot of acting in New York, and I've always loved the theater. And I find. You know, television is kind of cool when it's in front of a live audience. At least you're getting that. But it's such a different thing, you know, because the live thing happens once, you know, and you don't go, okay, let's take it back. Let's take it back. Let's yeah. cut, take it, you know, it's like, boom, you're out there and you have to kind of go for it. And uh, yeah. that's, a, that's why I like stand-up so much. It keeps me sane here in Los Angeles, you know. Yeah, it's great. And I, I'll, it always sticks with me. I, I've interviewed you, you before, and I remember you telling mm -hmm. me a long time ago that mm -hmm. I always thought of you as one of the more fearless performers that is out there and has ever been. And yet you always told me that you're just scared of like not getting laughs. And that is what fueled yeah. you into just doing crazy mm -hmm. things like screaming about your Honda yeah. Element or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I used to grow up uh, before shows when I first started. I'll never forget, like, being in a bar in New York, waiting to perform at an open mic in New York, like um, 14th Street and 9th Avenue, this place called the Eagle Tavern. That's long gone, of course. And uh, I was so nervous i'd be so nervous that i would throw up and i remember throwing up in the bathroom going why are you doing this then eddie <laughs> if you're <laughs> if you're this like eh, miserable or in uh -huh. pain uh -huh. you know about doing it but I, I, a part of me knew that it's what i wanted to do and that yeah. if i didn't do it i would be not i would be mentally ill and right. i'm still mentally ill but i'm doing it <laughs> yeah Wait, so you had your eight mile moment? Was that? Was that an eight mile moment? It like, like I mean, you know, I think it's a moment that's in a lot of movies and TV, but certainly it's <laughs> a big part of eight mile, just looking in the mirror and vomiting and like questioning why you're even doing this. And Oh, did he do that? I think he did. I haven't watched uh, the movie in probably a decade, but. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely. I had my uh, eight mile moment there for sure. Right. But what now, uh, what, now you're on to this latest special. Oh, go on. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that, um, you know, it's like to grow, though, in anything, you have to kind of push yourself into mm -hmm. discomfort. And, uh, you know, we don't like discomfort. And that's why there aren't, there aren't, you know, 
there's only a handful of really great artists, I think, who who like to go to an incredible place. Not like to, but like have the courage to, you know, to go to that place. Yeah. I'm not saying I do that. I'm just so, saying right. that's what it takes, you know? Right. Oh, if only Trump was just an artist, huh? Because <laughs> all he does is go to places of discomfort. All he does what? Is go to places of discomfort. Yeah. 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 With no growth. No. No growth at all. No. Right. Not a, not, not one iota. Um, but I would say, so I watched your latest special while yes. I was actually there at the taping back in uh, February of 2019. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a different time that was. However. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it, I mean, I, I'm sure you keep getting asked this and doing the press for the special, but it, this special feels more relevant even now as, as people feel as disenfranchised as they have ever felt in their life. Um, I mean, mm. speaking to the title for the masses, I mean, you feel like, I mean, I, I don't think yeah. you're actually laying down prophecy, but there's a prophetic no. feeling to your stand-up that I don't think people really keyed in on until now. Wow, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that uh, the pandemic uh, has um, made it my time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just for you, just for you. You f do you feel like that that is resonating? I mean, also Eddie does a a daily live stream on Instagram. At Eddie. Pepp oh yeah, right. Eddie Peppertone live from the bunker. Are people responding that way as well? They're they're really getting into your rants and. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. It's it's got a nice little following, you know. I that's been a good thing for me actually uh, during this uh, quarantine slash lockdown slash. Um, uh, pandemic is, um, you know, every day at four o'clock here in LA, I, I, uh, hook up my little camera and do, uh, an interview, a comic for, you know, anywhere between a half hour and an hour. <clears throat> and it's been good. It's been good to have that regularity. Mm -hmm. And I think the regularity of me doing it at the same time every day on Instagram live has, uh, been beneficial to some people from the feedback I'm getting like, Oh, this roots my day, you know, because they don't have much else going on these days. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it, it is. A, that's another weird existential part of all of this. And I've probably said it for mm -hmm. the podcast that the days, the days are long and the hours are slow, <laughs> but the, the, the weeks and the months, those move fast. Like, you know, I still can remember the last live show I was at, like it was yesterday. It was, it was so sweet. Is that right? Yeah. What was the last live show you saw? The last live show I saw, do you, do you remember Eno Vino at all? It was, it's an Atwater uh, Village. Oh, uh, that sounds familiar. That's not where the Peacock show is, is it? No, so it's just down the street from the Peacock. Oh, yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah so it, it, there's this wine shop, and then there's like- Yeah, I've passed it. Yeah, I've passed it yeah. over there. So there was a show that was happening in a cellar, and- uh -huh like every other show had canceled in town. Like they were just like, <laughs> no, we're, we're closing up. And this one guy, uh, oh he just, it was like, I had been planning, this is my anniversary show and I'm just going to do it. And I was like, 
you know, oddly, it actually would technically almost kind of be a safe show because um, that many, that few people were there. We were all distanced, I think. <laughs> like, that's what, how we, what day was it? Do you, do you have it written down? Because I have it written. I, I think it was. I, a, know the one. I want to I say it was a Wednesday or Thursday. No, March what? Oh, I think it was like March 17th, I believe. Oh, that is late because the the lockdown happened on the 12th. I have that written in a, in a right, calendar. They, they see, the guidelines changed every day. Like, I remember the I know. factory was like, oh, we'll just do like half capacity. And like everybody was trying like a different way to finagle around it. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Boy, that I, I wonder, I, have you heard what's going on with the comedy clubs? I'm hearing they're going to try to reopen in July at 30 percent. Have you heard anything? You know, funny you should mention that. Just before we recorded this podcast, I did a, uh, as the comedy group, mm-hmm. I did this roundtable discussion and we had mm-hmm. Joel from Hot Tub, uh, mm-hmm. the owner of Echoes on Pico, and the booker of Flappers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, because Flappers is technically a restaurant, a full service restaurant, they have gotten mm-hmm. open uh, for a while now. Um, and they're, I think, allowing dine in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, no comedy though. No comedy though. That is that is phase four, and phase four. I mean, you know, theoretically is supposed to come in in July. But what does that even mean? Mm. The thing is, right? I know we don't have a vaccine. We don't have a strong antiviral. Yeah. You're still as susceptible to it as you were before. It's just like you've made it through all this time because you were taking proper precautions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it'll be. Um, they have some ideas of what they're going to do. I mean, you know, they're probably just going to do the main room, you know? Um, right, they're not going right. to have in-person mics. Um, they're probably not going to have stacked shows back-to-back because they have to disinfect, right? Um, ah, wow. It yeah. sounds like it sounds like a kind of kind of lose-lose. I mean, right. just because right. how are they going to make money? How the comics going to make money? Right. Um, the People only, are putting themselves at risk. So I don't get it, actually. Yeah. The only way that I even envision, we sort of talked about this, is like, you know, big draws, like big names. Um, mm-hmm. You could sell a premium ticket, like a really high marked ticket to a mm-hmm. limited live audience, right? And then you would try to right. like also bring in like a virtual audience, like you would live stream it from your uh, venue. And then you could sell more tickets at a discount. Right. That, that oh, would only, I see. But that would only work for like names that could do that. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. Are, are they, are right. they going to be able to do that for all the, like, for those who aren't familiar, Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank often will have between their two rooms anywhere from four to like seven shows in an evening. Yeah. 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 And so they can't yeah. do that anymore. And like mm-hmm. a lot of those shows don't have like a huge headliner on them. They're just like people that are coming right. in LA and uh, have been quote right. unquote passed at flappers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. It's, for uh, me, flappers is a good place to work out and it's close yeah. to where I live. So in the <laughs> yeah. valley here, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, I mean, you got to be a regular in the store before lockdown. Are you really missing that? Mm, well, I guess in the sense, 
Yeah, I mean, sure, sure. I mean, the store, uh, I don't think there's any other place like that club-wise to do comedy because it was always so packed. And it was particular. it's been particularly good for me because uh, I'm kind of like, you know, the big alt alt comedian you know uh and, <laughs> and now an asterisk I'm just, on and, your name in the lineup oh this is the <laughs> but you know what i mean like so uh-huh. doing the comedy store i think i think i've been doing the comedy store the last three years right. it's been good for me to like um get get that uh experience for sure you know mm-hmm. um but and they've been great it's been great it's been great so do i miss it yeah but i'm also looking at this time as a time to really like take stock in uh-huh. in everything you know in my life and and try to figure out what I want to do and I think one of the the good silver lining things about the pandemic is that you really kind of I think people are going to appreciate once there's you know a vaccine God willing you know uh, if we go back to normal when we go back to normal if, if we go back to normal. Uh, we're going to appreciate things more. And I hope that's the case. Yeah. I, uh, it's sort of a bittersweet realization that I, I've been seeing with people in that regard. And like as somebody mm-hmm. who would, I always went out and I always appreciated being out. Right. Doing right. Things. And I'm seeing people they are like, you know, I always was like nervous about going to parties and cancel plans all the time. And now that I have to stay inside, I like, have really come to an appreciation of like doing things and connecting with people. Like mm-hmm. it took it took a hundred like three hundred thousand people dying thus far for you to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I feel like I'm right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I know, I know, man. I mean, because I've 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 been thinking, you know, about. Uh, this time and I, I, I think about how much I used to complain mm-hmm. you know on a day-to-day basis when we didn't have the pandemic and I'm like now I'm looking back at that going what the fuck were you complaining about you know yeah. e- even you your know? old car is better than now right yeah yeah exactly which exactly I, I, it was there were so many things wrong with it uh, <laughs> friends would be genuinely worried that you would actually get behind the wheel of that thing and be safe oh did you see my my that car i used to drive around i think in? yeah i got to see it in the, one the old bmw it yeah, was like yeah. from 1988 no it might have been yeah it was ridiculously old uh but uh, I there was love, a major part that was broken was the brake gone yes, yes everything <laughs> the seat the seat uh came out like it was it for what you know it wasn't bolted down anymore it just was kind of wobbly yeah <laughs> it was time it was time to get rid of it but i it's so funny i gave it away you know because mm-hmm. that's kind of the cut of my jib uh, and i i gave it away. and when it was being towed away i just kind of looked at it mm-hmm. uh again again it felt very 800 uh eight mile <laughs> and i just look at it Look at that! I go, wow. There's a part of me getting towed away. <laughs> that sounds you like know. it would be in a movie that you would cry watching on an airplane. Oh, absolutely, specifically. 
Um, Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I think we're almost at the end here. Uh, I always like to end, I mean, you know, because of the times that we're in. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have any predictions for what comedy will be like uh, post-pandemic uh, when things attempt to go back to normal? Wow. I, well, we were just kind of talking about that, yeah, that, uh, that with uh, the pandemic, you know, the attempt at comedy, I think is, it is fraught mm -hmm. with so many things. And post pandemic, I would think that, I think, you know, it, it, it'll be electric for a while because people will be just dying to get out of uh their uh living quarters right and it, you know if it's safe then comedy i think will be an interesting place i hope people are going to have some really interesting things i.e comedians i hope comedians are going to have some really interesting right. thoughtful things to say about what the hell's been happening you know right. yeah I, I definitely think yeah. there's going to be a surge right at the start um because people are just excited to not be at home. That also that makes me wonder, it, like, mm -hmm. what what is the the behavior of hecklers going to be? Are they going to be less when, of them because of like, hey, let's not ruin this for everybody because we can't shut the fuck up, or are people mm. going to heckle more because they just haven't gotten to talk to anybody but the person they've been quarantined with? Well, hopefully there won't be any heckling. I mean, I, 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 you know, you know, in all the, in all the, in all the good places to perform, there is no heckling. You yeah, know what I mean? True. Yeah, because people, they they're sophisticated, right? They're sophisticated comedy fans. So people, you know, heckle are either drunk or stupid right. or both. You know. You know, oftentimes, a sophisticated, a sophisticated comedy fan, all that they do is that they know what they're going to watch. You know, so yeah. many people go to just like a comedy club and with the right. idea, like, you guys got comedy, right? And they're like, yeah, but right. don't you want to know exactly. who's playing? That's eh, fine. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and those are the people they, who like, man, this guy isn't funny. Right. 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 It's so easy to check. Go look up the lineup and you can see, you know, all the names on YouTube and watch a real quick clip and you can figure it out. Yeah. That's right. Um, man, it's, it's been, uh, easy breezy, a fun time in, uh, you know, yeah. are these end times? I don't know. I feel like end <laughs> times would actually be much worse, but who am I to say? <laughs> uh, I think, uh, you know, you know, what's interesting about the phrase end times? What? These are the end times for some people. Oh, you yeah. know, the people, what, what, whenever you die, those are the end times. <laughs> Yes, very objectively, those are the <laughs> end times. So, you know, you'll know I, it when your end times are there. <laughs> I wonder if they enjoyed Marin's special or they appreciated that it was called End Times Fun. Yeah, they probably did. They probably <laughs> did. All right, Jake, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Do you um, want to plug anything here at the end? Uh, uh, just, uh, you know, you can go to eddiepepitone.com and mm -hmm. that'll lead you to all my social media and the link to buy the special, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, for the masses, uh, please go get it. It just came out today. Uh, it's great. You can get it as an album. Uh, you can watch it as a special. Watch it as a special. The camera works really great. And uh, shout out Dynasty Typewriter. 
Um, I'm Jay Kroger, creator of the Comedy Bureau. Uh, you can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com or at the Comedy Bureau across social media platforms. You can find me on Twitter at MFJ Kroger and on Instagram at Not the Supermarket. Uh, please support the Comedy Bureau if you can. Um, would you like to say anything as we sign off here? Uh, no, I'm good. Uh, just everybody be safe and uh, get my get my special before it's too late. Yeah, before it's too late. And he will uh, elaborate on what that means. Uh, as I like to say at the end of every episode, comedy is still happening. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Granillo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.